Hey, so it's going to be a little bit different episode. I originally taped the previous episode of the Better Up Pod uh, right before I had to go on a road trip. I was going on one road trip to Minnesota to see the Bears play the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Things are kind of crazy. Uh, didn't have any time to record or edit or even um, post it. And by the time I looked up, it was Saturday. Like it was Saturday morning. So it didn't really make a lot of sense for me to be able to put that out. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. Going to have that full episode um, leading up to the Vikings week. And then I'll do a little short one. Um, about the review, um, about the game I saw, just because it was it wasn't um, really that entertaining, but I do have a couple things I want to see. But it also works out great because next week was going to be a bye week, so it makes it a little bit easier. So sit down, relax, listen to the show. Thank y'all so much for um, tuning in again, and bet that up. I'm not going to start off with a really bad and kind of fire and brimstone segment. It's talking about how bad the Bears lost. Uh, 31-26 loss to the Detroit Lions on the road. And honestly, for, I want to say, 45 minutes, played a really good game. We, the Bears looked like one of the better teams in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball and adequate enough on the offensive side of the ball to be able to win these games, to to win the game uh, against a, I want to say juggernaut, especially after watching them on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not going to say that the Lions are a juggernaut. I'm going to say the Lions are a good team that will win a playoff game. They will beat an NFC team in the playoff in their playoff um, winless win this drought but ran the ball uh, kept the ball away from Detroit for the majority of the game won the time of possession won a turnover battle forced four turnovers on um, on the line should have been six uh, Jalen Johnson dropped two um, two picks one was a pick six that would have definitely won us the game but the defense up until the last minutes of the game played great and the offense up into the last three, the last five minutes of the game, played pretty exceptional as well, and it's just a lot of well, not only say more of the same, but a lot of the a lot of issues going on with us not being able to close game ends, and a reoccurring theme that I've been talking about most of the season was us not being able to finish games and we um and we just can't have that happen so uh 
this game started off pretty good. We opened open and drive touchdown, mostly led by Justin Fields, who had a really efficient game. 16 for 23, 160, 169 on um, passing, but also had 104 yards rushing. I'm going to get to that a little bit more. Um, feel like he was rushed a little bit, um, a little bit too much, especially for the first game back, coming back from an injury. Um, especially because we didn't see this many, this many run attempts from uh, 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 Bayesian. But uh, when the quarterback really gives you a close to 300 yards rushing, no 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 turnovers except for that fumble that happened at the end of the game. We had um, the Bears had a pretty decent look on what we were doing. Um, first half end of the game, um, you know we kept the game close, stopping them, stopping their run game, stopping stopping the pass game as well, and a lot of uh, the we gave up a lot of those cheap touchdowns, uh, penalties on 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 punts, give them short fields. Um, it's a lot of those little things with, with, uh, with football being a game of inches, not being able to secure drives and make sure that, hey, this is the lead that we have. We're going to go. Um, we need to keep this lead. We need to be able to hold strong. And one of the biggest ones I've noticed, so it wasn't just the end of the game. I was going to get to that. But it, but it was this drive that happened in the second quarter. Uh, Bears were up 10-7. Look, this be taking some kind of a lead into the into half. At the very worst case scenario, like at the very worst case scenario, we should we it should have been a tie game. At the very worst case scenario, and the Detroit Lions go 10 plays, 75 yards in the in a, about a little bit over 90 seconds, 96 seconds, to be able to take the lead before half. And you was look at that and like, okay, well, we still have the second half of the game to be able to come up and make the adjustments like that. But when it comes down to really making sure that, hey, we're going to win this game, we're going to beat a team that is that has a better overall team than us, that has a better record on the road. You can't let drive like that happen. You can't let them walk away of over a half where you dominated time of possession, where you won the line of scrimmage to be able to get a cheap score at the end of the at the end of the first half. And it's kind of similar to the issues where we all done with the Bears also had with um, in in the fourth quarter as well, where. All of the drives that Detroit had that were touchdowns were really short drives. So they had a four-minute drive, which is which was their longest, but that came after um, came after a turnover. So we so the so the Lions were on the thirty-four already, and it took them four minutes to be able to score from there. But then the next drives, we got the ninety-six second drive. We have a minute and sixteen second drive, and we have a two minute and four second drive. Like really quick, giving up big play, giving up big chunks in tight situations, and where we didn't give them up the entirety of the game. <coughs> and when it comes down to that, 
it's not the players. It's not the players. It's how the players are coached. Because more than um, more times than not, you just don't give up those kind of chunk plays in a game like this unless you're being told to give them more cushion, be more conservative. And with that, with with that look and being able to tune into the game and not just look at the box score, I think that this was the game that got Eberflus fired. And I've been on this show, been doing this show um, for a few episodes now, and I've been a person that's been standing strong and saying, hey, Flus isn't the problem. He's a good defensive coordinator. We should keep him and ret- retain him. That all changed uh, Sunday because I'm looking at the passiveness of a defense that if if you play the same way outside of the two-minute drill that you played throughout the entirety of the game, this game does not get close. This game does not get close. We the 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 defense was terrorizing uh Jared Goff was a stationary quarterback that uh, that we all know. The amount of interceptions, the amount of turnovers, the amount of the lack of overall rushing that Detroit was able to do is something that was really important. David Montgomery and Jamar Gibbs combined 412 yards. That that they really didn't take over that game um, as far as on the on the, on the run side goes. They didn't have the ball enough. Uh, as far as our defense goes, we 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 struck we didn't struggle as far as getting the getting the ball um, getting the ball turned over. We had a few turnovers as well. Um, interception wise, Edmonds had one. Tyreek Stevenson had one. Uh, T.J. Edwards had one as well, so it was it was very simple. I feel like for the Bears to be able to get in those passing lanes and be able to disrupt what the Lions were doing. The biggest problem was that once the time was getting low, Eberflus was afraid to take that loss. Eberflus was afraid to give up the big play, and he didn't trust his defense. And as a coach, when you're not trusting your defense, that's when those losses start coming up. That's when you have these heartbreaking situations, and it's 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 really bad. It's it's really disheartening because this was a game that I didn't have a lot of high hopes looking into when the, when this, when the game started. But as I started looking at things more and more, the gap between the Lions and the Bears on a talent standpoint isn't that great. But the coaching dynamic and the that the the will to win is a is a big gap, and that's what I saw. That's what I paid attention to from our perspective. That really needs to be changed. I I want to say as soon as possible. I want to say this needs to be corrected asap. But the season is pretty much over. This loss kind of. Propels us not only to not making the playoffs because we'll have to win six in a row to even be a nine and eight, and that may not get us to to um, to the wild card. But it's really important to look at this game as a of of as a sample of what is wrong with the Bears, and it's it's not Justin Fields, it's not Justin Fields. It's it's not Braxton Jones. It's not the rookie Darnell Wright. Uh, it's it's not the defense. It's we do need to plug some holes on offense. I'll, I'm going to get to that in, um, in one second. But it's how conservative that we play 
on the offensive and defensive side of the ball um, outside of those big plays to start the game off. We get real conservative really quickly. Uh, didn't like any part of the game plan from uh, from Getsy. Uh, Getsy ran fields way too much. It was parts. It was parts of the game where Fox zoomed in on Justin Fields' finger leaking blood, and we're running quarterback sweeps to the short side of the field to try to. You know, get get some kind of run game going where you can easily be able to put a running back in there and run a toss sweep, or you can easily just go a different route and maybe try to fake um, fake a toss sweep and then get something quick um, um, through the middle. I mean, um, over the middle with a pass, and there was no kind of creativity um, to be aggressive when it came to the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, I think we played really great up until that those last three minutes where. Things fell apart. The Lions were dead in the water, and we just the Bears got conservative. Got conservative um, in our play calls. Feels like the team didn't want to tackle uh, Eddie Jackson, who I'll be talking about in our good, bad, and ugly section. Uh, spoiler: uh, had two or three uh, plays that were really damning to me, where I saw him not tackle the guy, not like not. Get up to him, <coughs> square him out for all the people who don't watch the show, who don't know football terms. Is that's when you go face to face with a, um with somebody you're going to tackle, and you put your shoulder into him or or your body weight, and you try to press them backwards. Instead of Eddie Jackson doing that, Eddie Jackson on a, on two or three plays grabbed the, the offensive um, play most in this in those instances. I think that was David Montgomery, and he. Pulled him forward to get him to the ground, kind of like a throw, and those are extra yards and gains of inches. Like football is giving your opponent extra two or three yards because you don't want to hit them, is a really damning um, aspect of it. So the team itself needs a couple of people to be replaced in order to be a competent football team. But overall, I do not think that the Detroit Lions are that much better than us from looking at that game. I saw the Bears and Lions play in real life last year, and I saw that the Lions were better than us a lot last year. This year, this gap is not that big. It was 41-10 to 10 last year when we uh, when, when the D2 teams played in Detroit. This year... It was twenty six to thirty one, so that gap has been significantly lowered by the moves that Ryan Poles have made, and by just the talent around getting a little bit better as well. But you know, I did talk about it a decent amount, so let me let's go right into the good and bad and ugly for this game. So, good and bad and ugly for um, for this week. So the good, the first forty five minutes of the game, of course, and Justin Fields and Justin Fields performance so dominating time of possession uh overall dominating the a team that was supposed to be able to um be more physical than us we were able to stop those that that run for a large chunk of this game i thought we were going to pull this out i really felt when it was 26 to i think it was 12 or 26 to 13 that this was the game that we were going to win that we had i'm sorry 26 to 14 this is the game we were going to win. This was this was it. Uh, 
uh, Justin made a great scramble out out of the pocket, ran up the ran up the uh, the left sideline, got a first down, and was able to milk more of this clock. And <clears throat> it was really important for us to be able to see that he could do that. He wasn't afraid. He didn't play timid uh, this game. And so overall, I feel like the majority of the game we had control of it, and that's something that I hadn't said in quite a while. We were, most times we were just holding on and, and, and hoping for things to happen this season. But this this game, we actually have control for most of the game. <clears throat> the bad, I'm going to have two bads on this one. It's going to be Eddie Jackson and, and uh, Jalen Johnson. Um, both of those guys are vets. Both of those guys, well, I'll take this back. Eddie Jackson, I've been a proponent of getting rid of him for some time now. And he's just been staying on the roster. He's just going to be the guy that just leads in free agency. Um, but Jalen Johnson, I had high hopes for him. I had higher expectations for him. I was really hoping that we were going to keep him. But this game solidified that they both be gone by the end of um, by off season. This is going to be it's, they're both going to be gone. So um, Jalen Johnson uh, dropped two picks. One was a pick six that um, the the plate the route that he jumped was an out route. He bobbled the ball and dropped it. And the very next play, Detroit scored a touchdown with Jamar Gibbs. So that that is a 14-point swing in a game that we lose by five. 14 points just given up because your number one corner, your vet corner, can't catch the ball. Second time around, um, it was um, in the opposite direction. Uh, it's going, it was a tougher one. Definitely may or may not have been a pick six. But Jalen Johnson dropped another, <coughs> dropped another um, interception, and want to keep those sneezing coughs in. You know, I'm a, I am a little bit under the weather. A lot of that's my allergies, but I want to get these things out, so it's going to all stay in. It's going to be just a, a raw podcast. Um, those two plays either stop drives from happening, giving us more time to be able to come back in that fourth quarter if we did give up a lot of a lot of those points or when is the game outright from Jalen Johnson. So Jalen Johnson's inability to be able to make the plays that a vet should be able to make, that 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 is that cut off contract talks. He should be able to make these plays. Did not make it those that was that was very that was bad on our part. And the other bad Eddie Jackson uh talked about this earlier in this segment, but uh, it just didn't seem like Eddie Jackson wanted to be out there. He didn't want to. He didn't want to make a real big play. If you look at the box score, this box score only, you see, oh, Eddie Jackson had four tackles. But as I said before, two or three of those were just tackles where he gave up yards by just throwing somebody over, and didn't make a lot of plays in the pass game. Um, he made one good hit across over the middle that that um, forced the receiver to drop a ball. But when it came down to it, that last play, or the last two drives, the the Lions targeted Eddie Jackson. And that's the biggest issue, is that if you want a vet to stay on the team, if you want a veteran leadership, he can't be the guy that teams target. Teams should target rookies. Teams should target guys that are bench players that don't really that don't really get into as much. But if if your guy is coming back from injury and he and he's supposed to make your defense better, but the opposing team targets him as soon as things get down, that's when you know it's time for him to go. So 
Um, I think Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson, this is their last year as, as Chicago's Bears. I will be very much surprised if we if I see them next year. And speaking of a a duo who I don't expect to see back next year, Eberflus and Gatsy. Uh, the last three minutes of the game, well, I'll say a little bit more than that. So probably about four, four and a half. We're just very conservative. They played not to lose the game, and when when um, when older players say play not to lose the game, because it's it's become so nuanced that some people are like, well, what does that mean? Well, you change your philosophy, you change your strategy into saying like, hey, I'm not gonna lose. I'm just gonna just let this game, you know, the time of the, the time run out. You're just trying to let the time run out. You're not trying to beat the opponent you just want to try to let make sure that hey if the game ends and we're up then we're fine but guess these play calls change we went from a very tight zone to more of a loose one and let and letting Amara St. Brown and and Reynolds and Laporta be able to get in um get open upon the middle and get out of bounds and be able to save and be able to save time that didn't happen most majority of the game um I think Eberflus got scared in this big moment to be able to try to get a um, victory out. As far as Getsy goes, uh, I was not once again not a big fan of how often he was rushing fields with the Zion runs. But that last drive, that drive when it was about a little bit over two minutes left to go, and we just needed probably a first down, maybe a first down to to set to, to salt this game away and the first two formations were up the middle runs halfback dives with i want to say it was either two or three tight ends and the lions knew it they had nine people in the box and there was no kind of oh hey let's stop let's run it back let's try to like get something a little bit differently going it was simply hey we're going to run this play anyway and that forced the Bears into a third and nine, infamous third and nine, where Justin Fields tries to make a um, play to the rookie Scott. And um, before I get into the ugly part, I want to just say this: um, this is that this is one of those holes that the Bears need to fill. We only have, as of right now, two receivers, two actual receivers on our roster that you can throw the ball to and say that you trust them in some situations. It is Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore. Now, DJ Moore is going to be here for the long term. This is Mooney's contract year, and I don't think he's going to be back either. But in those situations, that the concept that was ran was to get the slot guy, who was uh, which was Tyler Scott, uh, a one-on-one matchup. And even though that the Lions had a single high safety, which is just one safety over top to be able to help out uh, on those deep routes, Scott got open. He got to step on this man because he is a fast receiver. But that inability to be able to understand to run your route out and he gave up on the play and he was just a couple of inches short. He slowed down the top of the route, got a couple inches short, and the ball just tipped off of his hand. So it's really difficult for 
me to blame Justin Fields on that one. I know I've seen a lot of things on Twitter saying, oh, DJ Moore was open underneath and he needed just to break two tackles and go towards the side to be able to get that play. And it's like, well, yeah, he could do that. But also the other guy who's also paid to be a professional football player should catch the ball when the ball is placed perfectly for him. And like we're we're we are a lot of people on Twitter take the time to be able to critique Justin Fields for that decision instead of saying, hey, maybe we need to like work on getting better receivers out here in um, in Chicago. So. That that's not my quick little tangent on the on what happened at the at the end, but I really think that overall a lot of these things don't happen if our vets, Jalen Johnson and um, Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson get um, don't get that done. I mean, um, play up to their um, the standards that we have for them. And also, if if Flus and Getsy don't really get super conservative, and when their backs against the wall, now they now they want to try to play. So it's it's a lot of things overall that I think it is, but I think this game may have put an end to the Eber Flus uh, regime within Chicago. I definitely feel like that's a this is a huge huge um, loss for them as far as being able to keep their job secure. The only thing that I could see them happen is if they went out and they'll keep their jobs, but I, de- I doubt that the Bears went out this year. So, switching gears, because um, I feel like today I'm going to one-take this one, but switching gears going in towards the future, as as you know, since we are a 500 team, I'm continuously using the Tankathon uh, ratings, um, draft standing. So, right now we have the one in the four overall pick, mm-hmm. and... You know, just being 100% honest, looking at uh, what we have, looking at the uh, what's available for us. I did a, I did scouting on Joe Old, um, left tackle from Notre Dame, uh, 6'8", 315 pounds, a really strong guy who sets the edge and plays with a mean streak. Mean streak, for, um, once again, is somebody who basically just finishes their blocks. So... A bigger guy could take it easy on a smaller guy and just you, know, you just hold him up and make sure he doesn't go anywhere. But Joe O puts his guys on the ground. He plays a little bit dirty. He will be around the pal pushing. He's a physical kind of a um, he's a physical big long arm uh, tackle who I can see if he doesn't get injured playing about ten to fifteen years in the league. I can see that happening with Joe O. Also, he has a father who played in the league as well, so he has a, a, a pedigree of understanding what it is to be a pro. Watched him in the Notre Dame, um, in the Notre, um, play for Notre Dame against Wake Forest. Wake Forest doesn't have um, the best kind of talent to be able to match up with the um, with the with the size of Notre Dame. But I I saw that he didn't miss that many blocks. He it was a couple of um, plays he was confused on, or maybe miscommunication between him and his um, and the guard next to him. But Joe Old is a uh, is a really good uh, left tackle, and I would put him over the 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 tackle from Penn State just because I've seen both of them play, and I 
100% think that Joe Old has a better and long-term future in the, in the NFL. I think both of them are going to be pros, but I think Joe Old will be a guy that's going to be around for like 10 or 15 years or so. Um, but um, so right now, dream scenario for the Bears is going to change a little bit because I think we still get Marvin Harrison uh, with uh, with the one. I don't believe if we have to trade down to two, we will. But Marvin Harrison at the one is is where we're going to go. And I've changed my mind on left tackle. I saw Braxton Jones did. Braxton Jones got max. He got um, pulled out the game. And I like that fire for my left tackle. So I want to keep him on the team. So I'm going to start looking at different edge rushers that we might be able to get maybe in the top 10. That's going to help us be able to continue to be able to make this offense a little bit better and get a little bit more depth in here as well. But switching gears one more time. Uh, this week coming up, I'll be on the road. I'll be leaving in, the, in less than 48 hours. Actually, less than 12 hours. I don't know what I'm saying less than 48 for Less than 12 hours to go to Minnesota, uh, Vikings, Bears. This will be a this this game is going to be a another opportunity to see what we have against a team that potentially could be a playoff team. I it doesn't look like it. It didn't look like it at first, but the Lions are. I mean, but the Vikings are a six to five team. They took a t- tough loss this past week, but. They still have an opportunity to be able to make the playoffs. Um, no Justin Jefferson this, this week for them. So we'll be looking at Addison and KJ um, KJ Osborne as the receivers for them. They do have um, John Dobson as the, as the quarterback that's going to be able to have them a little different wrinkle on, um, in their game. Right now the Vikings are favored at three and a half on the road on Monday Night Football. Honestly, this is more the same as far as the matchup goes. I feel that the biggest thing that we have to look out, um, the best thing to look out for is um, is Hunter. Uh, Darnell Hunter has 12 sacks for them. He comes from there. Uh, he plays linebacker for them, so that really shows you that that he either he moves he moves around a lot. Also, that he um, they do also blitz a lot as well. So, um, Darnell Hunter, six five two thirty six. I'm gonna two sixty three. Um, really good pro. That is how. That is if they are going to win this game, they're going to they're going to beat us with the pass rush. Now I don't think that we lose this game. I don't think we lose this game. Uh, I hadn't seen a I haven't seen a lot from I didn't see a lot from them from that um, that Broncos game where they where they lost twenty one to twenty one to twenty one on the offensive side of the ball. I know that we are better than them. I know that we can dictate the line of scrimmage, be able to make it so that Josh Dobson has to throw the ball against us. And I have a really good feeling that KJ Osborne and 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 um, Addison cannot beat the Bears and win this game. So going against conventional wisdom. Going against everything I have in my heart, I'm going to say that not only do the Bears cover, but the Bears win Monday Night Football. I'm going to say this one's going to be 27 to 24. Bears win on a late on a late field goal. Uh, I just feel like we have a lot of um, 
players that are going to be upset and going to really want to be able to play. Now, if Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson um, crosses this one, then that is what it is. But I truly feel that this is the game that the Bears are going to win. So, Bears 12, Vikings 10. Um, This game was boring. And that's almost only boring within the for the people who was at home tuning in on ESPN. It was boring for people in the stands, too. This this was a boring, non-exciting, no big play, just slog of a game. The section that I was sitting in, so just um, just giving you uh, giving everybody a heads up. So went to Minnesota, drove on the coast bus. So it was about, 50, about forty-eight of us, and we went we went to U.S. Bank U.S. Bank Stadium. Which is the second stadium I've been to in our own conference that is better than division that is better than ours. So, uh, went to U.S. Bank uh, Stadium at our seats, and everybody pre- um, proceeded to watch one of the dullest, non-exciting um, Big Ten football-esque football NFL games ever. So. Uh, 12-10 was, is what some teams will score in the first half, maybe some teams in the first quarter, but that was all we can get. Justin Fields, 27 out of 37, 3, uh, 217. DJ led a certain, in receiving 11 receptions, 114. Uh, Fields also had 12 carries, 59 yards as well. Who um, He outgained, and he, he outpassed and outrushed the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so, overall, Great, um, great piece of work. Um, Bears came back, had a had a desperate drive um, that actually led into um, the Bears winning, getting that field goal within seconds left. It, I think the big story, the big story for this game, is that the narrative about Justin Fields being a bad quarterback is is gone. It's gone. You don't know what you have with him. We don't know if he's a franchise quarterback or not. But we do know that the play calls were awful. So, doing research for this episode, I saw that it was about between 19 and 24 call screen plays on that Monday night game for the Bears. And it became predictable at a point. I'm literally sitting down... And watching screen after screen after screen. And it wasn't just on the Bears side. Because the Vikings were also running a bunch of screens as well. So it was just watching. Just pain dry. Just looking at uh, inept offense. Go after, um, go against superior defense. And then inept offense goes against another superior superior defense. It just looked terrible from a... From a person who likes to watch football the big play uh from from the bears came late in the game a 31 yard <clears throat> pass from dustin fields to dj moore set us up in field goal range for carlos Santos to get his fourth field goal in the day and went four for five who was the total mvp of the game he will be my only good of this game just because he's only he's, he's the only thing that we had um only score that we had um defense 
The defensive side of the ball looks great, picking off uh, Josh Dobbs four times. Should have been six again. Uh, Jalen um, Johnson dropped another pick six, which is really um, – he's like the opposite of Deron Bland from from the Cowboys, who's getting just a, a ridiculous amount of pick sixes. Meanwhile, the, while he's just dropping them here and there, um, just overall borderline bad football. And – the Vikings fans, as well as the Bears fans attendance, were we were just so uninterested about that um, in that game. Uh, but defensively, I want to get a little bit more into uh, what the Bears did on the defensive side of the football. It was overall stopping uh, stopping the Vikings from being able to run the ball successfully. Vikings as a team had 17 carries for 73 yards, a little bit over four yards per carry. Um, eliminate eliminating the um the pass um breaking stopping that long pass game from happening. Uh, DJ TJ Hawkinson had the long touchdown, but only had fifty yards total receiving. And uh, if you look strictly at what the defense was um, doing on this on the statistic as far as rushing the ball carrier, I mean rushing the um quarterback got one and a half sacks from Sweat. Um, Burst also got back there as well, and that was pretty much the. That was pretty much how the game was won. Being able to um, get get Joshua Dobbs, uh, make him make him move faster than he wanted to move. A lot of um, two of those interceptions were uh, were his fault. They were on him. They need um, he did not make the right play. The other two was just drop passes from the receivers. Receivers not having good hands or faith in their hands, getting into their body and be, and it being popped up in the air. So this was one of those games where. I'm happy that we won. Um, I don't want us to lose out. I think I don't want to be greedy and say, hey, let's just lose out so we can have the one and two picks. Like having two top five picks or number one and number seven still sets us up in a good in a good range. But uh, this game let me know what we actually need as far as the Bears um, go to see where we are. Um, now, Iberflus may be gone. I will say that Iberflus may be gone. But you need more receivers because Darnell Mooney's not getting any touches. He's going to be gone. And uh, Tyler Scott's really not there yet as far as a um, route runner and consistent um, consistent number two option. So as of right now, we need need that. But, uh, but number one goal should be getting an offensive-minded, uh, a better offensive coordinator in here. And somebody is going to understand, like, hey, the strength of your starting quarterback right now is to throw the ball deep. Let's throw the ball deep. Um, there was only two passes that went over 10, um, 10 yards that Justin Fields threw, and that was because the game plan from Getsy was bad. So it's just a mixture of what what um, what is missing as far as creativity and being able to say Justin Fields is the guy or not. Because we got to actually see if we can put a team around him, coordinators around him. It's going to be like, okay, hey, this is what we're, this is what we're doing to be able to go go in and be able to win with Justin Fields. Uh, he had two two bad fumbles in the fourth quarter. And honestly, for to, to me, I that that is something that needs to be worked on. But there's a lot to do um, that needs to be worked on this offense. And I don't think Justin... 
Justin's not the guy that needs to be replaced or we need to worry about worry about replacing as of right now. We need to get a couple more things sit, um, set up as far as the offense goes to get the offense on, on par with the defense. Defense has been um, playing lights out for a huge stretch of the season now. So this marks the, I believe it's the sixth game that the Bears have not given up 20 points on the um, 20 total points. Let me just double check this real quick. Uh, dominant defense, a defense that, hey, if you can get uh, a few a few points here and there, defense is going to be able to win. So, um, so that's, yep. So out of the last six games, Minnesota, the Minnesota, you got the Raiders, the Chargers, Saints, Panthers, Lions, and Minnesota again. So six out of the last seven games, we haven't given up 20 points. And then the, if you want to go further back uh, to the Commanders win, we gave up 20 exactly to the Commanders. So, you know, out of eight, out of um, eight out of nine, I'm sorry, eight out of, out of nine games, we've held opponents out of 10 points and I mean out of 20 points and our offenses can't get it clicking. And that is one of the biggest issues I've seen from this perspective of just not wanting to lose the game. Being a, running, being conservative after turnovers, we had four interceptions. We had great field position in all, of, all, of all those big plays and not threatening the Vikings deep really puts your team out of this, out of the sink offensively. So uh, it, it wasn't a good game to watch, but it was good to see that despite the turnovers, Justin was able to turn things around and be able to gather confidence, be able to step in the pocket and make a good throw when he needed to make it. So um, overall, it it was a game. It was a game, but it's could be potentially one of those things that starts moving the Bears in the right direction, especially when it comes to getting things together and learning how to win late, late in the season because there are some inevitable games coming up. And then from there, seeing, hey, what's going to happen? Can we evaluate how we're going to evaluate going forward? So, well, I'll just not, not drop right into it, going to good, bad, and ugly for this week. So, uh, good today definitely has to be Carlos Santos. I, I usually I would go with defense because they have four interceptions. Um, but I did go defense last week. And so, I want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Carlos Santos. Uh, he, he did miss one um, field goal. So the score should have been 15 to 10. Uh, I feel like 15 would have been insurmountable for how the Vikings were playing. But Santos um, stepped stepped up. He um, he was able to hit four field goals, and this and this is the first time a team won this season without scoring a touchdown. Uh, so one in 29 is our record. Um, it's the NFL's record for, um, in those games. So really really big for that um, for Carlos Santos stepping up, and it's the first time a good is going to a kicker. So gotta gotta look um, positive at that. Bad for this. Um, bad for this game. Definitely has to go with to the um, two fumbles that Justin Fields had in the fourth quarter. Um, those were promising drives. Those were drives that hey, if we get a score here, whether it was three or six, the the game will been out of reach. So just scoring, um, just scoring ten points from Minnesota, scoring ten points. If we were able to get two fellows out of that. You know that put, that puts the game at a uh, like fifteen to ten, so it makes it really tough for Minnesota to come back from that. Um, three field goals in the, in that in that situation, 
oops, excuse me, uh, three field goals in that situation makes it even harder for um, anything for any anything else for the for the Vikings to be able to do. So overall, when I look at it, when I look at what um, what we have done, what kind of team we have going right now, Justin can be a guy in those late games to get those balls up as far as fumbling in a key situation. So definitely got to get a bad this week to Justin. But he did lead lead us in, into a game-winning drive, so I am going to congratulate him for that. And the ugly, uh, you know, even though I, even though I really try my best to not repeat over and over again. Um, and I, and today's going to be the same. I'm not going to mention how bad a play calling Getsy is in the ugly because that's what I do all the time. My ugly today is going to go towards the remaining of the Bears um, pass, I mean, pass catching. So DJ Moore um, had 11 receptions for 114 yards, let us off screens, but um, overall looked pretty good. So, if you if you take him out and his 114 yards, the rem, the remaining 103 came from other guys on the team. So Cole Komet had um, led led the team with seven receptions for um, 43 yards. Then uh, Rocco had 40 yards. Khalil Herbert had 14 yards. Darnell Mooney, our number two guy, had six yards. So it it just it just we're really heavily dependent on DJ Moore. And the rest of the guys really cannot step it up. So the pass game itself looks ugly, and I understand like a lot of that has to do with us running screens so much. Uh, Darnell Mooney um, is not a blocking wide receiver, so it does make it a little bit difficult. But overall, I feel like it is a it was a bad win. It was an ugly win, but it was a good win. Um, bad performance on the offensive side, not because nobody people didn't do what they needed to do, but it was just that the game plan wasn't good. So. Uh, thank y'all so much. This is a quick one take for the Bears Vikings games. Uh, I will do a preview next week for uh, Bears Lions too. But as for right now, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in, uh, and I want to um, tell everybody that um, that everything that you, everybody just listens in, listens in, subscribes to me. Um, if you want to just reach out and just let me know uh, what you thought about the pod, that would be great as well. So appreciate you so much, and once again, y'all, bet that up.